wonderful, wonderful. It's such a joy to be here. And I've been waiting to be here in BCC for a very long time. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a year about, since a year since Mark and I, we met, Pastor Mark and I met. Such a wonderful man, a great father. Now I can see a father in him, amen. Can we give it up, Pastor Mark? Can we, can we put our hands together? Can we do it better? Pastor Mark and his wife, Sister Kathy. Amazing couple. Now I was telling my wife, do they actually look like pastors for such a big church? Because in India, if you come, even if a pastor's got 100 people in church, oh no, they put off a big show. <laughs> even if they have 100 people. But uh, amazing couple. God bless you, Mark and Kathy. Oh, they're just so humble, amen. God bless them, God bless them. And that's why your church is growing. Because in, in the UK, two things are famous. One is the BBC and the other is the BCC. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm about to become famous now Alright, being in BCC, God bless So I'm going to just go with a testimony of mine Short testimony of mine and continue with the word of the Lord I'm Reno Kumar And they call me pastor, evangelist, worship leader A lot of things, you can just go into YouTube, Google my name uh, Or go to Google, YouTube, just find Reno You will find out what, what I do But I always keep saying If somebody removes the name of Jesus from my life I will be an orphan. I will have nothing to say. Without Jesus in my life, I am nothing. There is no stage. There's no title. There's no recognition without Jesus in my life. Amen. So it's all because of Jesus wherever I'm standing today. Amen. How do we say an amen? amen. Wonderful. If God's given you hands, what are they for? Thank, you. Thank God. All right. I was born in a family where my father was a Hindu and my mom was a Christian. Uh, my father comes from Andhra Pradesh. My mom's a Tamilian. And uh, my father used to take me to temples. And my mom used to take me to church. All right. So when I went to the temple, I was confused because there were so many gods. I don't know which God to worship or trust. And uh, I don't know. My father just took me to temples. And then my mom took me to uh, church, which was contradicting. There were no idols in the church. All right. And there was always this contemplation of what do I do? Then I made a decision. So whenever I needed something out of my father, I'll visit the temples, all right? And whenever I wanted something out of my mom to please my mom, I'll go to church. But finally, I decided it's good to be in the church, all right? Amen? Yeah. You said an amen too early, you didn't ask why. All right? Because a lot of pretty and beautiful girls come to church. <laughs> At the same time. Because you go to temple, you don't know when which girl will come. But at the, in church, you know, 11 o'clock, I know for sure these girls are going to be there. <laughs> Alright? So that's what motivated me to go to church. So dear children of God, it's not wrong to find a partner in church rather than finding a partner anywhere else. Alright? So that's a motivation. Now, and God bless me and my wife and my daughter. And that's where I found my wife in the church. So I have one wife and one daughter. One is to one ratio. Alright? Now... <laughs> So I went to church with the wrong intentions, with different ideas. But what I've learned in my life is that you may go to church with different ideas, wrong intentions, different plans. But as long as you step into the church, the Lord will make sure that his plans, his intentions, his desires for your life will be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Can we clap for the Lord? So I want to encourage there are a lot of our friends who's come in, newcomers who've come in. I want to encourage and you know, motivate all of you and bless you 
that if you come into this church for the first time, let it be the first time. You might have come for different reasons. Probably you've come visiting them. You wanted to bless the child. You want to see the child happy. But I want to tell you, if you've come here, the Lord has got a purpose. He's chosen you to be here and he wants to bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I went to the church. I was an outstanding Christian. You know what I mean? I was always standing outside the church. All right. In the parking lot. And as soon as the pastor started to preach, I'll go to the tea shop, buy one cigarette, smoke the cigarette. If the sermon was long, I'll probably finish a packet and then get back to church. That's how my life was. My mom kept telling me, though you're always away from the Lord, there are people who prayed and prophesied over your life. And they've told me that you are going to be a servant of God. You're going to be a man of God. And whenever she said that, I used to laugh. And all my relatives and my people, they used to laugh like crazy. This guy, Reno, out of everyone, Reno. And they told my mother, the whole world can change, but not your son. I think probably you would have heard this dialogue, no? In all your lives. This can change, that can happen, but not this. Not in your life. This is what they kept telling me and my mom. They told me there are seven wonders in the world. If your son ever changes, he'll be the eighth wonder. And thank God, today I'm standing in front of you all as the eighth wonder in the world. And whenever, you know, my wife has this question of whether there is God or not, she'll always look at me and say, Pa, whenever I doubt if there's a God, I love to look at you and I know there is a God. <laughs> if God can change you, he can change anybody else. So I, I did my computer science in Loyola in Chennai. I didn't, did my MBA from Liba. That's a, a premium institute for MBA. But I was into drugs. I was into alcohol and I was a big time chain smoker. And, uh, but I used to study a lot. My mom kept praying, praying, praying. Now, many times we say this, I pray and nothing happens. Don't ever say that. All right, when you pray, this happens. Amen. So, and I started working for Oracle, which is a big company. I started working and in India. We were earning lots of money in India itself. We haven't, we didn't, there's no need for us to go abroad. But then the Lord took us to Melbourne, to Australia. We moved to Australia and I, I told my wife, I'm going to party, you know. I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to party like crazy. I'm going to go to all the pubs, visit all the discos. And this is what I thought and I landed in Australia. Within 10 days, oh, I need to blame my sister. She, one of my sisters, they took me to a church and the Lord touched me and I changed. It just happened like this. The Lord didn't even give me time to enjoy Australia. Yeah. That's the worst part. At least he would have given me six months time and then touched me. I went there 10 days, got caught. And uh, then I started serving the church was working, then serving, then completely left my job and started serving the church. And everybody called me a fool for coming to full-time ministry. They said, how can you leave a job? Because I was working there for the Bank of Queensland. How can you quit your job and come to serve the Lord? And I said, no, no, no. The Lord's called me and the one who's called me is faithful. I will just obey what he says. And then we started serving the church and suddenly there was one day where the Lord said, you have to go back to India, to back to Chennai. And that was like a big tower crashing down. India... Would anybody want to go back to India? Because everybody in India wants to come abroad. What do you say, guys? <laughs> there you are. <laughs> and when I said that I'm going back to India, when I prayed and we decided we'd go back to India, people called me a bigger fool. They said, now we realize there's nothing outside and there's nothing inside. <laughs> this is what they told me. Our biggest problem of going to India was not about what we were going to do. I was fearing that if I go back to India... People know about my past. The Lord will forget my past, but not the person sitting next to you. All right? Three people remember your past. The devil, your neighbor, and yourself. Except for the Lord. He just forgets your past. Today, I want to encourage you, the Lord does not remember any of your past. Amen? Amen. 
So when I wanted to move back to India, the question was, what are you going to do tomorrow? What about tomorrow? You've given your daughter a big lavish lifestyle. You've given your wife a lavish style, lifestyle in India and in Australia. What are you going to go about tomorrow? Are you going to beg? The people started raising this question and I was also very worried about going back to India because I was on the end. But what am I going to do tomorrow? Dear children of God, Lord, I tell you, the one who called us is faithful. Amen. And we went to India, not knowing what to do. It's about seven years since we've gone back to India. But the Lord's been so faithful that we both, my wife and I, we started just praying in a room. And you know what? When I went back, I had to go to my mother-in-law's house and stay. In the Indian context, especially the Tamil context, I think you'll also agree. If you go to your mother-in-law's house to stay, it means you're a worthless guy. You're useless. You're good for nothing. All right? That's the Tamil culture. I also guess it's, a, it's not India. You can't, because the, the bride comes to the in-laws. The groom doesn't go there. So when I went, all my relatives were trying to put me down. Dear children of God, it's okay for you to not have and then have, but it's very for you to have and then have not. When the Lord strips you, it's very tough. And your question about tomorrow keeps growing. And today I want to deal with the same topic with you. We are all worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. All our plans... All our worries of today is not about today. The worries are actually all about tomorrow. What's going to happen to my children? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my health? We are all worried about tomorrow. But dear children of God, I want to encourage you today. Your tomorrow is safe in God's hands. Amen. Amen. All right. Don't fear it tomorrow. So we went there. It's about seven years. Dear children of God, you can just go Google my name. And you can praise God for the, what the Lord has done in the last seven years in our lives. Amen. With no background. I've never been to a Bible college. Nobody from my church, my family has ever done ministry. First timer. But the Lord has lifted us up from nothing. And he's blessed us. And we've been blessing to not just India, not just our city, but also to the nations. Amen. Hallelujah. We also have a church. The church is about four and a half years old. And we have a, close to 400 people coming now in our church. And the Lord's increasing our ministry day by day by day. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the biggest question which we have is that, what, how do we deal with tomorrow? And I was reading about uh, the number of deaths caused in every nation. And the main reason for people to die governates. And there are two big reasons. One is cancer and the other is heart attack. Alright? Heart and cancer. These are the two things why a lot of deaths happen today. And the, and the reason for those is cancer and heart attack was an unhealthy lifestyle. Alright? Heart attack, cancer, all of this comes to smoking, drinking, overheating. People eat a lot when they are in depression. All of this unhealthy lifestyle comes because... And they tell you, the, risk, the outcome is worries. When you worry, you look up for temporary relief in life. Right? Now, uh, do you, has any of you guys there, when you're in a depression, you want to eat ice cream? You want to eat food? I was under a lot of addiction. Whenever I used to have something, whenever I used to face failures, I'll go eat a lot of ice cream. Now, ice creams make us happy, do they? Yeah. Can I see some smile on your face? Yeah. I know I'm not handsome like your pastor Mark, but you know. But geez, do smile at me, it's okay can make me happy all right um, so the more you're worried about tomorrow the more you're telling the lord that i don't trust you all right this is what we're going to look at a, a story about the guru and a disciple that the master and a disciple today and i'm going to finish with that today all right can we can we look at a story all right from the bible now before that 
I was reading about a jockey who had a horse, a racing horse. All right? And this jockey was frustrated with his horse because every time this horse was taken for a race, it lost. All right? It lost. It hasn't won a single race. So this jockey told this horse, all right, you know who's a jockey, right? Do you guys know? Yeah. All right. Or do you know what is jockey? Yeah. Not the inner wearer, oh, jockey? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. All right. Now, so this guy told the horse, if you don't ever win this race, this is your last race. If you don't win this, from tomorrow morning at four o'clock in the morning, you're going to start pulling milk wagons, milk carts. That's going to be a job. So he thought he was motivating the horse and then the whistle blew, the gun opened and all the horses started running except for this horse. It lay down and he started to sleep. And this guy was so frustrated. He started hitting the horse and asked him, why are you sleeping while everybody's running? The horse said, no, no, no. I'm going to bed early so that I can be able to work up in the morning at 4 o'clock. The horse had already given up in the mind that it's going to lose and it's not going to win. Dear children of God, most of us here, we have already given up on our tomorrow. We think that this is not going to change. Because it has not happened so far, we've come to a decision that it will not happen again. It's not going to happen in my future. Because I haven't received this miracle in the past, we also come to a conclusion that it may never happen. But I want to encourage you today, it wouldn't have happened thus far, but it will definitely happen tomorrow for you. Amen. 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 If you're really happy, can you wave your hands and say Amen. All right. Don't settle in your problems. I love the Lord to deal with you tomorrow. Amen. All right. I was feeling this is about Elijah and Elisha. Say Elijah, Elisha. All right. If you go back to the book of First Kings, I'm going to tell you the story, and then probably we can read of the verse First Kings chapter eight, and I'll tell you the story. Elijah. All right. He fights with King Ahab. All right. And there are about 450 prophets. Where he has a challenge, he wins the challenge, he brings fire from heaven. And once the fire comes from heaven, you know what? This guy's got so much courage that he goes down and he kills 450 prophets. How many? One man killing 450 prophets. He killed all of them. And then he was so happy. Oh my God, I've done this job. I've killed 400. This guy is like a superman. And But you know what happens in the next chapter? If you go to the 19th chapter, the king Ahab, if you can display the words, the king Ahab, told his wife Jezebel about what Jezebel, Jezebel about what happened and Jezebel tells him tomorrow I will see to that Elijah that you will be killed let the gods do to me and more if I see you alive tomorrow that's what she says now this guy killed 450 men now he's challenged by one woman says I will kill you tomorrow imagine this guy killing 450 men now he's running for his life. Just because his women told him, I'll kill you tomorrow, he started running for his life. And you know what? While he was running, he had a friend, he had a servant. He left the servant and he started to run. Alright? I still remember a story in my, in my college when we have fights with gangs, you know? We have gang fights in college. There was this very close friend of mine and there was a gang fight happening in college who said, in Tamil they say macham, which means buddy, friend, okay? He said, don't worry, I am there, I am there, we will face... And I was telling, I told him, buddy, those gang has come, that gang has come, they're all there, there are about 50 people, we, let's run away. And I'm, no, 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 he said, don't worry, I am there with you, I'll manage. And as soon as these guys came, I looked up to my friend and he was not there, he caught a bus and he ran away. <laughs> this is how most people are. In time of trouble, they leave you and run. 
that's what elijah did to his servant he left his servant and he ran away because he feared his death about what's going to happen say what's going to happen tomorrow dear children of god if you're sitting here are you worried about what's going to happen tomorrow are you concerned about what's going to happen to your work or probably if you're living here as an immigrant what's going to happen to your visa oh my visa is getting over am i going to be sent back what's going to happen to my visa what about my house what about my bills what about my health dear children of god i want to encourage you Don't worry about your tomorrow because the Lord will deal with you tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say the Lord will deal with you tomorrow. And this guy started running away. Now, we'll stop with Elijah. Let's come to Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6. All right? If you come to Elijah, if you have your Bibles, you can turn your Bibles, 2 Kings chapter 6. All right? Now, there is a situation. Are you guys listening to me? Can I see your hands, please? Are you guys focused because I'm not able to see your faces? All right. Can you see my head? Yes. Hair? Yes. Can you see hair? No. So there are people with faith and no faith. If you believe, you will see. Right? I want to encourage there's another 10 minutes one, but before the service gets over the hair is going to grow. Come on, somebody say an amen. amen. Oh, I'm deeply in need of a miracle now. Come on. Now, Elisha, the disciple, is in Samaria, where Samaria has been surrounded by an army. Bendad has come there, and he surrounds the army. Now, what happens is that when they surround Samaria, there is no way for them to go out and come in. No way to exit. No way to come in. No water supply is cut out. Food supply is cut out. These guys are in terrible famine. Nobody can release them. Nobody can release them. All right, they're stuck. And now what happens is that the king is not able to go out say the king is now going for a walk. And when he goes for a walk if you read uh, uh 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 30 if they can display that. All right? There is this woman who cries out to the king saying, "King of Israel, can you help me?" All right? And you know what the king says? The next verse please. The next verse. He says, "If God does not help you, from where can I?" help dear children of god i think all the pastors here we need to know, need to learn this answer all right when people come to us with problem all we can say is that if god can only help you this can be done we cannot do anything even it be the king of the entire world he cannot do something for you if the lord jesus does not do it but you know what the lord jesus is willing to help you this morning amen, amen. hallelujah now and what happens is that this woman says this king asks her what the problem is she said because of famine two women we agreed to kill our children boil our children and eat so yesterday we killed and ate my son but today when i searched for her son she's hidden him as soon as the king heard this you know what happened he tore his clothes all right he went upon and rent his clothes and when he tore his clothes what did they see the king was clothed with rags he had rags inside he wore a sackcloth sackcloth inside Imagine if somebody is going to tear all our clothes. Have you guys worn something inside? Good now. What I want to tell you is all right. You got it later. What I want to tell you is probably you might be well dressed today. You might be wearing a best suit and sitting here today. You would have been decorated wearing ornaments, good makeup, all blazers, all of that today. But you know what? Most of us if this is removed, our inside is full of rags. We are hurt. we are wounded we are with scars we are with worries we are sitting here with problems probably people think that we are well settled 
people think that we are doing good. But inside, if somebody sees us, probably we are wearing clothes of rags. There's so much of problems in our house. That's what's the king's situation. And you know what happened? The king, you know what he did? I'm going to just go fast because I've got just eight minutes left. He sent a man to kill Elisha. He said, for anything which happens in the city, let's blame the man of God. All right? So if anything happens in the church, we will blame Pastor Mark, you only prayed and said that this girl was a correct match for me. But after marriage, she opens her mouth, she never stops. Pastor Mark, you said this guy is a godly man and I married him. But this guy, oh, he beats me all day. He scolds me all day. He doesn't come home. Pastor Mark, you said this business was good. Pastor Mark, you prayed and said this was good. But what happened now? Blame it on Pastor Mark. That's what that guy does. Anything happens, he, say, he sends a guy to kill Elisha. And this guy comes to kill Elisha because of the big famine in Elisha. You know what's happened? Because of the famine, the word says, a donkey's head was sold in those days for about 150 pounds, according to the money. A donkey's head. All right? And uh, uh, the dough's leftovers were sold for about 10 pounds those days. Right? It was so, such a big famine. And everybody were in famine. Now this guy comes to kill Elisha. And Elisha has a problem for his life. Now he gives a challenge. Chapter 7 and verse 1. What does Elisha say? Can somebody display that verse? Elisha says, come on. Everybody read this together. Elisha said, hear the word of God. Thus says the Lord. All right. Now this is important. Tomorrow, come on. Let's read again. Tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fry and flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley, all right, for a shekel in the gate of some. Which means, he says, tomorrow this time, there will be a miracle. Amen? Tomorrow this time, everything is this entire city will change. Tomorrow this time, the economy will change. Are you guys saying an Amen? I want to encourage you, tomorrow this time, you guys will have a miracle. Hallelujah. Are, are you happy? Are you excited? Because we are so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen to my health? The doctor's report is saying this. Will I be alive? Cancer is killing me. Kidneys have failed. I'm not able to sit. I'm not able to eat. Everybody are getting laid off in my job. People are losing jobs. I'm not getting money. I'm about to sell my house. My family is falling apart. What's going to happen tomorrow? Elisha is saying, don't worry about the tomorrow. He challenges the tomorrow saying, tomorrow there will be a miracle. Amen. Today's failure is over because tomorrow, come tomorrow, the Lord's going to give me a blessing and he's going to do a miracle in my life. Amen. Amen. Can I see your hands? Now, but there was this one question the guy asked. Next verse, please. He's challenging Elisha. He's asking. The next verse. He's asking. If the Lord should make the windows of heaven, could this be possible? This guy is telling Elisha, you are saying that tomorrow they can a miracle happen. But he's asking, even if the Lord opens the windows of heaven, this is not possible. Dear children of God, there are a lot of people who will tell you that this is not possible in your life. Amen. A lot of people will tell you, your family is not going to change. Your husband's not going to change. Your wife's not going to change. Your health's not going to change. Your people are not going to be saved. They're not going to, this is not going to change. A lot of people will say, even if the heavens open, this will not happen. But I want to tell you, the heavens will open for this to happen in your life. 
If you're really excited, clap your hands for the Lord. Let's all do it together. The heavens will open. A month back, I went to this. I just, just finished short. I, a month back, I went to this village. The Lord took me to a village to a preach. Um, to preach. And as I was preaching, the Lord stopped me and said, prophesy to the pastor. I was sharing this testimony even last, last, um, last service. I was worried. The Lord kept telling me, prophesy to this pastor. Pro and I stopped in the middle of the service. I started prophesying to the pastor. I said, pastor, you're worried about tomorrow. All right. You have a big financial problem. I don't know what's going on in your mind. But the Lord is saying, he's with you. He will help you. And this guy came to me running. I was on the stage and he took the mic from me. And I got scared and I decided, oh my God, they're going to turn me as a false prophet uh, because I told this and this guy came. And you know what? He pulled the mic from me and he started to cry. He said, Pastor, two days back, I have 140 churches, but two days back, I wanted to commit suicide. Nobody knows in my church. And he started speaking this in the church. I'm wearing a suit today, standing in front of the church, but nobody knows in my church what's going on in my life. I wanted to commit suicide because of a big financial problem. And we all gathered in the church and we started praying. And the Lord said, prophesy again. I prophesied and I said, brother, you're going to receive a call. Somebody's going to call you and you're going to get this problem sorted out. And I went and I started preaching again. You know what? Another five minutes have gone. This pastor again came to the stage, ran to the stage and I was scared again. He took the mic from me and he was in tears. He said, pastor, as you said, even while you were preaching, somebody was calling me again and again and again. I didn't want to pick the phone call, but when I picked the phone call, here there is somebody who's called me. He's not a Christian. He's not a believer. He just called me to say that he wants to help me financially and he's going to sign a check tomorrow for me and my problem will be over. Amen? Yeah. Now, come on, wait. Wait, hold on. Don't clap. Now, I said, wow, I was so excited. And he said, no, you have to hear this. And he put this guy on the phone and he put him on the mic and he said, brother, can you tell us the amount you are signing on the check. And you know what? It was 1.5 million pounds which was signed. I give all the glory to the Lord now. Amen. This pastor who was in a village. Alright. So tomorrow was going to be a death or life situation for him. But then if the Lord can from nowhere bring in 1.5 million pounds, how much can we do in your life and our life? Amen. Dear children of God, this morning I want to literally encourage you. When Elisha says this, this guy challenged, even if the windows of heaven open, this is not possible. But you know what happened? I will tell you the story. Two lepers from the city, they ran to the enemy's fortress. And you know what? By then, the Lord had driven them, all of them. And because they started hearing noises, all of them ran away, leaving all their wealth. And you know what happened? These guys took up all their wealth and the next day, the economy of the entire country changed. And you know what happened? The guy who challenged was able to see it, but he was trampled by people and he dead. He was able to see it, but not enjoy it. Dear children of God, I want to encourage you today. There might be a lot of naysayers who challenge you, who tell you that this is not possible. But I want to tell you, in front of all their eyes, the Lord is going to bless your tomorrow. And you guys are going to have great breakthroughs in your tomorrow. Hallelujah. If you want to give the Lord a loud offering, give him a loud offering. Come on. If you're encouraged, say, my tomorrow is safe in God's hands. He's going to deal with my tomorrow. I tell you, all our worries of today is about tomorrow. This is not about, and you know what happened? Elisha did not run like Elijah. 
Elijah was a strong man. He killed 450 people. But when somebody challenged him, he ran away. Today, that's the problem with all of us. When somebody's got a problem, we all go and advise. Don't worry. The Lord will heal you. Don't worry. The Lord will bring you out. Fear not, says the Lord. But when it comes to you, we run away. Does the same apply to us? No. No, you know my situation is different. Now, how different is it? It is the same God, no matter what your situation is. It is the same God who is dealing with you, no matter what your sickness is, or how much ever you are in debt is. It is the same God. And the Lord says, I will deal with you tomorrow. Leave you tomorrow to me. Hallelujah. Just want to finish with the testimony of Lydia. The guys can come on stage. My wife and I, when we started this ministry, from nothing, the Lord built us. But you know what? Through all our struggles, through all our growth, we had very tough times. And I want to encourage people with sickness and terminal sickness. I want to encourage you today. Lydia had to undergo a series of surgeries. And the devil decided to stop my ministry. And because of her health, she was always in the hospital. Every four hours, she'll go into emergency condition. There was nobody to help us financially. She had to undergo major operations. But the Lord, every time there was money, I will somehow give money. And there'll be somebody putting money into my account. I didn't know who it was. And then there was a stage where pus got mixed with her blood. And she was getting into septicemia. And all her uh, organs were failing. And the doctor said that she's about to get into coma. She will not survive. And the doctor said there was a surgery tomorrow, the next day. And they said that she will not be alive. All right, the doctors gave up on her. The tomorrow was completely dark for me because I was at the presence of the Lord saying, Lord, you said as a family, we're going to travel and do your work. I have a daughter. And if my wife goes away, what am I going to do? This is what the doctor said. Tomorrow, it's tough. She will not survive. But you know what? That night, we went to the hospital. We had a guitar. I was worshipping with the team. All right? She went into the operation theater. Tomorrow, the doctors, whatever they said, did not happen. But my Lord did a miracle tomorrow. And that's why tomorrow we are here as a family. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning, this afternoon, that the Lord is dealing with you tomorrow. Whatever it be, whatever it be, whatever it be, that's what the Lord says. I will deal with you tomorrow. Leave the doors which are not opened yet. I will the doors above. I will open the doors above. Can we stand up in God's presence today? And even as you stand up in God's presence, I want you to bring your worry forward. If you're worried about tomorrow, let it be anything. If you're worried about tomorrow, just bring it in front of me. We're just going to sing this song. For you are great. You do miracles so great. Shaka, will you see? We'll just sing this small song, chorus. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There's no one else like you, right? And even as we sing this song, I want to bring, want you to bring all your worries forward about tomorrow. Be it anything, the Lord will deal with it. Amen. Amen. Can we lift both our hands and tell the Lord, Lord, I want to give my tomorrow to you. I'm not going to run away. I'm not a quitter. I will not run away. But I'm going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. For you are great. You do miracles so